Are you a highly sensitive man? Today we're going to talk about how to thrive as a highly sensitive man. And I'm so excited to welcome you to Power to the People Pleasers. My name is Amy Ballantyne and my guest, William Allen, the sensitive man. Thank you so much for being here today. Thanks, Amy. I'm glad to be here. So you are uh, a retired information technology man who worked with a lot of sensitive people and now has gone on to write books about this and and you have a hypno coaching and neurofeedback brain training business wow yeah i uh, i it's kind of a departure it's a sort of a change left make a left turn here i had been in a kind of a corporate environment for most of my career working career and i took an early retirement about 10 years ago and, you know, I knew about this trait of high sensitivity, but I really didn't know enough about it. Um, and I was having some tr struggles trying to embrace the trait, as they say. And uh, that led me to writing a blog. And then the blog eventually morphed into two books that I've written, Confessions of a Sensitive Man and On Being a Sensitive Man, which is about my experiences being sensitive and also some things that I've learned along the way. Wow, well, I'm excited to dig into both of those books. But first, I'd love to know, we are here, Power to the People Pleasers, empowering those of us who are on the journey to, you know, saying yes to ourselves more often, right? Having those boundaries, all those important things. How has being a people pleaser ever shown up in your life? And, and how did that happen? Oh, it, it, it's, it's, I think it's followed me everywhere, everywhere I've gone throughout my life. You know, highly sensitive people are very empathetic people. And the tendency is they're very in tune with what other people are saying, how they're saying it, how they express. It's a kind of a compilation, of a bunch of sensory inputs we get from people around us. And because we're empathetic and because we're kind of uh, as a whole, and you realize I'm talking in generalities here, but that's the things that, that a lot of highly sensitive people uh, exhibit, these traits of wanting to sort of stay in a kind of harmonious, balanced place, especially in relationships. But we're also kind of conflict avoidant type folks as well because of that sort of peaceful nature about us. What happens as a result of that very often in relationships, we try to please those people that are, we're in the relationship with. It just seems an easier path to us. But as you sort of alluded to there, you kind of give up some of yourself in doing that. And I've done that certainly in the corporate world, certainly with family members and people that I have known, relationships I've been in that have been difficult and challenging. The sort of taking the high road winds up being the low road because what you're doing is you're avoiding allowing yourself to be who you are. Um, and a lot of that has to do, I think, a lot, large part because the confidence is not there, that you're worthy of being able to do things you want to do. Um, and if someone challenges you or is manipulative or whatever, and highly sensitive people have a tendency to fall into these kind of relationships, just as I said, because of these things like the empathy and the sensing of where a person's at, wanting to be helpful and useful, it very winds up, very often winds up being people pleasing. Mm -hmm. So yes, I, I've seen that quite a bit in my life. And what are some of the strategies that you use to reduce being a people pleaser as a highly sensitive person? Well, I think more one of the most important things to do 
is to be mindful of the fact that you're doing it. Um, so many of our behaviors are automatic, right? We do them, some are spurred by emotional reactions and the things like that. And we're not even thinking about what we're doing. And so I think the first step for anybody who's, whether you're highly sensitive or not, is be mindful of this. Uh, you can't interrupt the, the behavior and, and alter it in any way to change the pattern unless you're mindful and aware of what exactly is happening. So being able to do that helps you uh, just start thinking in terms of interrupting that pattern of behavior. Mm -hmm. And then it's, a, it's, it's an alteration of something you've probably been doing most of your life uh, anyway. So it's gonna take a little time to do that. But I think doing steps, taking it in chunks um, and being, uh, teaching yourself sort of a confidence of, of, of doing that interrupt. And, and we, very often you have to tell people, right, oh, that's not going to work for me. Uh, what they're asking you to do is not what you really want to do. And sometimes they're being very manipulative of you. And it's simply just a matter of saying that. I, I, that's not going to work for me. You don't have to go through long exp explanations uh, of why you don't want to do that behavior, that pattern. Uh, simply standing up for yourself. And as you do this, over time, what happens is that repetition creates a behavior in itself. And as uh, is often said these days, um, you know, we can rewire the way our brains work by repeating behaviors and creating new neural circuits that say, look, when someone is asking me to do something that I really don't want to do, that is out of line with who I am, then this simple step of just interrupting that and stating your position, um, you know, and what happens beyond that with that individual, whether it becomes a, an ag aggressive retaliation, you need to start learning to walk away from those things, mm -hmm. walk away from those situations. But the more you do this simple thing of just saying it's not working for me and you build a certain confidence that goes with that, and I think for highly sensitive people, particularly too, they feel a little guilty about, you know, mm -hmm. saying to somebody, "Hey, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fulfill that request for you, or I'm not gonna do what you're asking me to do." They feel a little guilty about that. But the, the upshot of all of this is you're being true to who you are, and you're being authentic to who you are, and ultimately that's what we all want to be, whether you're highly sensitive or not. Mm -hmm. You know, I love the point you made about you don't have to give more detail to the story. You don't have, you can just say, that's not going to work for me. <laughs> There's, I feel it, it, way too exactly. often. Awesome <laughs> and a lot of times that will take, that will interrupt not only your behavior, but it'll interrupt the other person who is uh, maybe hasn't learned to be mindful about what your needs are. Mm -hmm. And so that's a good way of, of kind of putting a pause in there. And I think there's always this expectation that we have to follow up with some kind of explanation. We have to explain what our need is. And, and a lot of times that leads down into probably that argument that you're afraid that you're going to get into. You don't have to justify not wanting to do something that, that is against, you know, your core values and so forth. So I, I think that's a first good step. The more you do it, the more you repeat it, the more it becomes comfortable with you. And then you can, you know, as you face the world and other people uh, that may be asking you to do things, that could be at work too. It doesn't have mm -hmm. to be a, a relationship. You can do that. 
of course, there's a different context there, but the point is that sometimes it could be a coworker, it could be a manager who's doing it in a way that's not that's not really work conducive. Um, you want to let them know. You need to share with people where you're where you're coming from. Otherwise, they won't ever know. Mm -hmm. I love that. Okay, so you shared your first book was Confessions of a Highly Sensitive Man, and it was about your own journey. Did yes. you always know that you were a highly sensitive person or what was the way that you figured this out? Yeah, I, well, I, I'm in my late 60s. So high sensitivity as we know it today, as a thing, as a personality or temperament trait, had not been, shall we say, discovered yet. Elaine Aaron, Dr. Elaine Aaron wrote her book in the mid 90s. Um, and so I spent most of my adult life not knowing that this sensitivity was a personality trait. I, I just always thought I was quirky. Uh, even when I was a little kid, and I've talked to many highly sensitive men uh, and, and, and women as well, they knew something was different about themselves. They were not like everybody else was, and they were hearing it quite a bit. You're too sensitive, you're too emotional, you're too hyper uh, uh, vigilant about criticism and stuff like that not understanding the mechanics of why we're this way or how we're wired this way. So I carried the weight of that sensitivity, not knowing what it was, but still getting feedback on it my entire life. And then I finally picked up a copy of Dr. Aaron's book, The Highly Sensitive Person, which I recommend anybody who either knows somebody is sensitive or is suspecting that they may be sensitive, read that book. It was an eye opener. It was like suddenly all of it made sense. And um, it, you know, just sort of opened up uh, a whole new way of looking at myself. But, you know, the interesting thing, Amy, is because I was raised and I was raised in the southern U.S., very traditional masculine culture. Mm. And it, I was going against type in that culture. Um, I still carried some of the residual of that with me. And it was like I was resistant to accepting this. I wanted to push back on it. And it literally took me about 10 years before I could say, and when I started writing the blog, that was when I decided I'm going to try to see if I can educate myself about this and get a better feeling about that as a man, right? Mm -hmm. I knew I was sensitive and I knew that's, my family's that way, mother, father were, sisters were. But as a man, I was having a difficult time with that. And a lot of men do have a problem with that part of it. But Again, as I educated myself, as I read more, as I wrote, wrote more about it, and I started associating with other highly sensitive people, that's when I became aware, really aware, of what the trait was about. And I started to embrace that. And now I can say proudly that I'm a highly sensitive man. Wow. And why do you think, why do you think there is this problem for men and the connection to being a highly sensitive person? Probably the main reason is this, is that men, and this is a Western culture thing, it, it certainly isn't limited to uh, the U.S. or the Southern U.S., is this idea that sensitivity is something that we have bucketed, if you will, into what we consider feminine characteristics. If you're nurturing, if you're empathetic, if you're intuitive, these are all great human qualities, but we have associated them more often than not with women. And so men... You know, and it's funny, I'm working on a book now on masculinity, 
that has been eye-opening for me about culture and about how men have this strong need to sort of break away from their mother, break away from anything that's 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 considered feminine. And I think that holds true for, for a lot of highly sensitive men. They see this these traits and they think, yeah, they're great. I like that's who I am, but that makes me feel like I'm more feminine. I'm not man masculine enough. And so uh, it's unfortunate, as I said, because these are all human traits. Every yeah. human being has the capacity to do this. We just won't allow men to do this kind of stuff because of cultural norms. So um, that's I, that's one of the reasons why I think a lot of men uh, are afraid of doing that, afraid of admitting that they're a sensitive person. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about this idea of thriving as a highly sensitive man you wrote this book your own confessions can you share a couple of the aha moments that you had and what uh, what are the tips to thrive in this personality well i first of all i have a thing called the three e's and i and it's it's sort of a recap of what i was just saying a second ago but i think it's very important uh if you suspect that you're highly sensitive um and most highly sensitive people know sensitivity is something that's part of yeah. I'm pretty <laughs> it's sure just, that's me. It's it's an innate quality and it's something that you know that you have. Yeah. But if you suspect that you want some confirmation, Elaine Aaron on her website hsperson.com has a test you can take. It's very simple. It takes twenty minutes or less, probably more like ten or fifteen minutes to take. Self grading. That can get you in the ballpark. Can I tell you whether or not you are? More than likely, you will be. But the next step is to educate yourself. This is what I had to do. I had to, and there's a lot more books out today, uh, especially more coming online about high sensitivity in men. Read about that. Understand the trait. Understand that it's part of a much broader um, theory about uh, environmental sensitivity, which talks about how organisms react in the environment. So it sort of buckles up underneath it, an umbrella umbrellas up underneath that and um, educate yourself about the trait. That's what builds confidence in the trait. You realize that it's not what you've been told about yourself as being true, that it's an emotional reaction, that you can't handle pressure, that you can't do these things, that you're weak and you're frail. None of those things are true. In fact, in many cases, they're exactly opposite. A lot of highly sensitive people I know are, are a lot stronger than they realize and are certainly a lot more um, resilient than they give themselves credit for. Mm -hmm. But that education is the part of it that helps you kind of reconcile that. This is what I was taught. This is what I really am. And this is what this trait really is. It's not what I've been told it was. Mm -hmm. And I think the more you educate yourself, the easier it is to embrace the trait. All right. You can start to put your arms around and say, you know, this is me. This is who I am. That will build that confidence that maybe you've been lacking all these years because you felt like you're you're a one off. You're you're outside the norm. You're not a normal guy, that kind of thing. And that em embracing it builds that confidence. That confidence makes it easier for you to face the world. And then finally, this is a kind of a, a thing that I think that all highly sensitive people should be doing is educating other people about what the trade is. People will understand you better. Mm -hmm. Tell them about the trait. Explain to them what you know about the trait and what science is t telling us about this trait. And you'll find that people will embrace that. 
they will actually embrace it. And so you won't be hearing so many, you're too sensitive or you're too emotional or you're, mm-hmm. you're afraid of criticism. You'll, they will understand why you're wired the way you are. And I think that leads to the, all those things we talk about as far as thriving going, being able to, uh, you know, how your work relationships are, how your relationships are with your, your family, how your colleagues and friends and in the world in general changes because of that simple steps, those three steps of being able to get yourself in a position where you can literally embrace it and, and tell others about it. I love that. You know, you mentioned that you grew up with your mother and father being highly sensitive. How does role modeling play into, you know, hiding the highly sensitive and how does it, how does it play into teaching our next generation? I'd love to know both sides, please. Yeah, I, I and I think that's one of the key things that highly sensitive people, and, and particularly highly sensitive men, um, that's important for us to be able to do is model this natural behavior that we have. Okay, now I don't want to portray highly sensitive people as being saints and with no issues or problems or so forth. There are obstacles and challenges with being highly sensitive, and those things can be ameliorated with some very simple things that you can do in your life. But role modeling is our way of showing others, including other men, that it's okay to be nurturing. It's okay to be emotional. It's okay to even use intuition from time to time because we've been all taught to be logical, unemotional, stoic, uh, warrior-like creatures. And really, truly, that's not who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think it's truly who most men are, but we it's become socialized with us so much. Yeah. So I, I do think that that idea of role modeling, for, especially for a new generation of highly sensitive uh, boys that are coming up. And yeah. today is my grandson, I who I know is going to be an HSP. It's his first birthday today. I wish I was there with him, but I uh, he's going to be that generation, I think. Of, uh, of men who are going to grow up, hopefully, understanding that they can be uh, a lot more, uh, uh, utilize these human traits that we all have. Mm-hmm. Highly sensitive people can do that role model for that. And I think that's, a, that's one of the things that's part of that educating the public is also demonstrating who we are and that it's okay to be that way. Mm-hmm. I love that. So you've got, you've got the two books. Tell me a little bit more about the second one on being a sensitive man. How did that one come about? Actually, I wrote the, the books together at the same time. It was kind of like a, almost like a stream of consciousness thing. Yeah. And the second book was really going to always be about kind of tips, trips, tricks, and techniques and things that I've learned over the years. Um, and when I started putting it all together, I realized that they're really too much. There was too much for one book. I wanted to separate it out. So on being a sensitive man is focused more on sort of practical tips about how you uh, navigate life as a highly sensitive man. Um, and I'm actually working right now on putting together an online class based on that book. Um, and I'm hoping to have that out sometime this summer. Uh, and it'll go into a little bit more detail. Uh, the book, of course, has got a lot of, uh, uh, tri- uh, t- like I said, 
tricks and uh, tips and things. It talks a lot about this modeling that we, we, mm-hmm. we spoke of, um, it, ways of how you choose your right livelihood for your life. A lot of highly sensitive people feel like they have to fit in. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have to be like everybody else is. And the fact is that, that we're never going to be like everybody else is. Um, that doesn't mean we, we have to, you know, completely stand out and everything. But the idea is that you have to recognize that your your differences are and those points that are going to cause you the most pain if you ignore them. And the book talks about a lot of that and, and gives some, uh, you know, like I said, some background on what I've learned over the years. You know, so much of what I read over the course of my life, I had, if you looked at a bookshelf of mine, you would think, what the heck, this guy's got stuff all over the map. And I never realized that later on in life, all those little books that were my unconscious was drawing me to were actually the the material I needed to put this book together. So I've been very fortunate in being able to draw down on some of that, that those previous books and experiences that I had. Amazing. So my, my last question, as we wrap up this very great conversation, I am quite certain that my son is a highly sensitive male. And so what is the one tip that you would give me the parent to, to support him? Yes. I'm going to go educate I've got that. Yeah. I am definitely going to do that. <laughs> what else? You know, I, and for you, because uh, you're uh, also a highly sensitive person. I don't have to say things like, well, you know, don't try to normalize him and make him like all the other boys. Yeah. Certainly, uh, you want to be able to celebrate with him his sensitivity, that it's a good thing. And, and give real-world examples of people. There are a lot of uh, creative individuals that are popular, people that may be in movies or TVs or whatever, TV shows or whatever, that are also highly sensitive. And those can be kind of his role models, too. I would love to see more of that. But one of the things I think slips by a lot of times is with highly sensitive kids, particularly, is um, either they're treated as though they're kind of abnormality and they need to get back into shape, or else they're coddled to the point where they're not really allowing that child to experience things. And one of the things I had written an article about is like nine, ten things that we should be doing for our highly sensitive boys. But one of them that really sticks out is make sure that you give him gentle challenges things that will help him grow. These are things that help build confidence, that he can master things, that he can do things. And some of the things are going to be challenging for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm not a person who subscribes. So let's take him to the deep end of the pool and throw him in and see if they swim or not. No. I think you can chunk it with them. And I think with highly sensitive people, learning can come in chunks. Mm-hmm. So you gently bring him out to to, to things that, that will cause him to to expand himself, uh, to learn and to grow. And we don't want highly sensitive kids, you know, sort of retreating uh, into themselves and becoming kind of withdrawn about that. I think that leads more a lot of times to lack of self-confidence and maybe even anxiety, maybe depression as well. So the idea here is I'd say the one thing that I would recommend is make sure that you give him those general challenges. And of course, always, I like to say, listen to your kids. They'll tell you a lot about who they are and what they want in life and so forth. Uh, They need guidance. I'm not saying that they should drive the bus right out of the gate, but I think listening to your children, listening to what they like, their interest and so forth 
Those are things that are really important. And it makes them feel validated, especially if they're highly sensitive, because they're going to be very aware of you as a parent. And this kind of ties into your show. They want to please you, too. So you want to make sure that they understand that, that you're there supporting them uh, and that you're listening to what they have to say. Yeah, that's great advice. Well, William, this was a really incredible conversation. I'm so grateful that uh, you were on the show today. Thank you. And for those uh, who are listening, uh, William has a, an awesome Facebook page. It's uh, backslash the sensitive man, facebook.com. So go check him out there and at his website, the sensitive man.com. Thank you so much, William. Thank you. And for all of our listeners, I want to thank you once again for tuning in to Power to the People Pleasers. Stay tuned for our next episode coming soon. Bye.